Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yeah, so what what did you first think when I showed you the music from the musical Pop Punk High? Oh. First off, like as, as we've talked about before, I love a good fake song, like a song written to be like from a specific moment in time and like, like written to have like already existed in that moment, even though like it's 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 actually from present day. Like we're talking about, like we both love uh, that thing you do from uh, from the movie that thing you do. Adam Schlesinger, yeah, represent. come on the podcast. Listening, <laughs> we need to have a Founds of Wayne podcast. Yeah, for sure, and and stuff like that. Uh, that that kind of falls like just short of satire. Like it's not really like making fun of the period or like Spinal Tap. So yeah, like like like. Like, like stuff that doesn't quite go that deep into like parody, but but in, what what I like about this and these songs that uh, you introduced me to is that's kind of halfway between those. It's not like it, it wouldn't fit seamlessly on on like alternative radio in two thousand and one, but it also doesn't feel like it's really making fun of it either. It's kind of halfway in between where like yeah you know, they got the, they have the obvious cultural reference points and they you know the riffs and the sneers like that's all done like very authentically but they also have like a couple moments where they're obviously like winking at what what we know now of pop punk like you know 15 years later and kind of showing that sort of retrospective angle on it which is really interesting and 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 as i think you've you've said yourself like some of the songs just work as really good songs like uh that that song before pop punk got so mean like that's a great song man that's a that's a gem and a half for sure yeah we'll we'll hear some of the music very shortly but andrew Unterberger. Editor, writer at Billboard, thank you for coming on the show to do this intro. Yeah, it's the second week in a row, yeah. Yeah, you were actually the one who egged me on to have these kids on the podcast. Yeah, as natural an alternative facts guest as I could possibly imagine, certainly. So I came across this, it's a New York City-based independent musical called Pop Punk High. I came across it just a couple Fridays back, I was scrolling through my Twitter feed and I clicked on a Fader article Um, Patrick McDermott had written a little piece about the show, introducing it, going through some of the music, played it on Spotify. I thought, fuck, these are jams. These, this, they're show tunes, they're music, they're songs from a musical that are meant to frame plot and tell a story, but they also just hold up as great songs, as you were saying, Andrew. So within 24 hours, I emailed the email address they had on their site, asked them if they wanted to come on the show, and they were down. So what you're about to hear is, my interview with three of the core people of this new musical, Pop Punk High. Uh, Felicia Lobo, who is the director. Ben Lapidus, who plays one of the leads. He also wrote the music and the lyrics. Him and Felicia are in bands themselves outside of the show, which I'll touch on after we're done with the interview. And the third person had on is Anderson Cook, who's a producer. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to share this one with you guys. Actually... 
seeing the show for the first time tonight. So you might be saying like, well, why would I want to listen to a podcast if this is just like a musical I've never heard of and never seen? Well, I did a whole podcast myself with these people, I having never seen the show, just hearing the songs on Spotify. So... I was sold, Andrew. Yeah, I feel, feel, like, feel like you get most of the gist of the musical from the songs itself. Yeah. I'd be very surprised if you see it like, like, whoa, this is not, this is not at all what I expected. <laughs> I, I feel like it's, it's probably a pretty authentic uh, representation of the musical itself. So uh, we're going to play some of the songs all throughout this podcast, sending us away into our interview with Pop Punk High. This is one called Pop Punk Fantasy. Legendary power couples like Chad Gilbert from Newfound Glory and Haley Williams from Paramore, uh, like Derek Ribley from Sum 41 and Avril Lavigne from well, Avril Lavigne, like any lead singer from a Warped Tour band and an underage team. There goes my dream girl, my pop punk fantasy. We can make the perfect pair and have the perfect pop punk. Pop Punk High. Yeah. Hey. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So this is a big day for you guys. You have a performance this uh-huh. evening, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. All in performance mindset? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, Ben's Definitely. the only one that has to do any performing tonight, so I feel fine. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to go get a nice dinner after this, get a cocktail, and just watch the show. So <laughs> I'm not sure. stressed. <laughs> yeah, no, I slept in. I'm, I'm prepared. I'm ready. <laughs> so before we jump in too much to Pop Punk High, let's just do a... Round the table of introductions and tell us who you are and what you do for the show. Sure. Uh, so my name's Felicia, and I directed it. My name's Ben. Um, I wrote the music, and I act in it. And I'm Anderson Cook, and I wrote it, and I produced the show. So give us whoever's best equipped for the explainer, or maybe everybody, a little bit, a little lead into what the plot is all about. Set the stage for the listeners. Writer, I was, I was like, take, take it, it on, take it right. I've sent this press release too many times, so I'm going to try to not regurgitate <laughs> yeah. the press release. But um, it's basically a, it's a show where it's a universe where it's always the early to mid 2000s. Everyone loves pop punk more than anything in the world. Uh, they're really pissed off at their parents. All they care about is pizza and kickflips, and they don't care about this dumb school stuff. Um, so that's that's kind of and it follows you know mm-hmm. our hero Derek our pop punk everyman in his quest to become the king of pop punk high yeah and he finds the uh, the the ghost of Avril Lavigne trapped in a bong in his attic after she was murdered by record executives uh, who were sick of pop punk and that's going off of the old the whole internet conspiracy theory that was it's been kicking around the internet for <laughs> a few years that now that she I'm, is not the original Avril yes Lavigne. Correct. yes that she's a replacement which I am obsessed with and I think is so funny. Um, and, uh, and and the, the plot takes off from there. Yeah, hijinks ensue. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben, you play one of the leads. Yeah, I play Derek. So um, I play the pop punk loser kid who like can't get the girl, and he just really more than anything wants to be king of pop punk high. And so you know he's totally down in the dumps. And then after smoking this magic bong, um, Avril Lavigne appears as the genie, the ghost genie, who grants him three wishes, and these three wishes are to help him win his um, love interest, Amanda Bunkface, and also become king of pop punk high. Yeah, and the, the emotional journey he goes on there is, um, 
you know, at the beginning of the show, he has one very set idea about what it means to be pop punk, and that's very much tied in with some uh, some regressive early two thousands ideas about you know who's important and uh, the prominence of men in the scene versus women, uh, which was definitely lopsided in the early two thousands, and him uh, sort of learning. Uh, how to how to pop punk in a way that helps everyone. <laughs> pop punk as a verb. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very important. Yeah. Huge. As is having the presence, and as we're saying, the unique, the important mindset and voice of Avril Lavigne, the original Avril Lavigne in this show. So there's three wishes that help move things along. Is mm-hmm. is there a is there a certain pop punk frontman or figure from the scene who your character is based off of? Uh, like vaguely Derek Wibley. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, but and like when we say that, it's like it's like the attitude that he espouses in like yeah. some Forty One songs. You know, not really him and his life. It's sort of it's the like character the, of the him. ethos yeah. of Derek Wibley embodied <laughs> okay. a fictional cartoonish yeah. character named Derek. Yeah, and yeah, and then there's like Skeet, who's the nemesis, and that kind of was going off of Pete Wentz. Yeah. Originally, it was going to be... Oh, so yeah. you think Pete Wentz is like a bad guy? Like well, a... like, no, we don't, not actually, not actually, but we could, you know, imagine if he were. I'll commit to it. I'll say Pete Wentz is a bad guy. <laughs> I'll start that. <laughs> Pete Wentz has no idea Pete. who I am. I can say that. Come, Come to Pop Punk High, Pete. If you, have, <laughs> if you got beef, you want to settle? Yeah. <laughs> Fight us there, Pete. <laughs> yeah, for all three of you, did you go to Pop Punk High School's? I mean, my personal experience was, like, I was one of very few in my middle school and high school that was into such things. And, I mean, I wore, I mean, I was 100% Hot Topic girl. Um, I mean, I'm wearing a choker today. You <laughs> listeners can't see it. Um, well, chokers could also be very 2018. Yeah, it's exactly. It's back around. And that's the thing is, like, a lot of the stuff uh, that this show, like, looks at and this, like, nostalgic feeling that we're all feeling right now, a lot of that is coming back right now. Like, um, people are really into, like, I don't know, like Nicktoons right now, and like bring and like even some even like I mean you're wearing a Charlie Bush shirt, but like sure, the Charlie sounds Bliss. like that stuff is coming back Absolutely. now a little bit. Um, we're sort of getting back to like instruments again and away from. I mean we're still in electronic land, but like we're coming back to instruments a little bit, which is cool. Um, what was the original question? I don't know. Oh, Did you go to a pop punk high school? Oh no, but both my brothers were. <laughs> the answer is no. Uh, both my brothers were in bands, so I was really into uh, bands growing up. I made them drag me to Warp Tour and did that whole thing. So, but there was very few of us. So I was sort of a weird kid, unfortunately. <laughs> so Ben, it sounds like you did go to a pop punk high school. Yeah, relatively, it seems. Especially you know, um, talking to people from other parts of the country, it's definitely true that Doylestown, Pennsylvania, had like a really rockin' pop punk and hardcore scene back in the day is that east or west more so uh east pennsylvania okay like, so like starting line yes yeah, like starting line territory yes um bands like title fight okay and balancing Composure. they actually oh, went to my yeah, high yeah. school oh no so it's like yeah. more recent stuff oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah for sure word. and like so this show is really like about the pop punk of when i was maybe in elementary school like the blinks some 41s like those that kind of movement but I mean, I really started playing music and getting in like heavily into the scene and the music in high school with that kind of uh, later branch of like Long Island hardcore pop punk influences and stuff like that. Um, like Brand New was like a like the band in high school. I remember. Yeah, I, I remember something about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure you can relate. Yeah. 
Nah, I didn't. I did not go to a pop punk high school at all. I went to a very, very preppy all boys Catholic high school. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I'm sure I tried to get like my small acts of rebellion in there, but it was certainly not a place where everyone was pop punk. Mm-hmm. I wish. Maybe that's what the show is. You know, yeah. manifestation of my wish to go to a pop punk high school. Not even yeah. Christian pop punk. Not even Christian pop punk. Not even that some Reliant K. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I wish. Oh, no. It's, it's crazy how many bands that I listened to growing up had no idea they were like Christian bands until like much later. Or like until I went to a show and they made us like pray or something. I was like, oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> Weird stuff. I went to a Devil Wears Prada show once and they made us pray. No way. They were like, let's just take a moment. And I was like, oh. And then, like, half the audience was like, yes. And, like, half the audience was like, oh, no. It was really, it was, it was, it was weird. It's so funny because it sounds like that's the kind of band you'd listen to if you were worshiping Satan. <laughs> so that's, Which I may have been at the time. Right. There's no <laughs> a beautiful irony with the Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, yeah that's right. So funny. Actually, that's a theme with a lot of hardcore bands, I think. Yeah, all those yeah. old tooth, tooth and Nail record bands like Under Oath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More towards the present. What got this show going? What was the inspiration? It was definitely like exactly what Andy said, basically. Well, I can remember the day specifically. Yeah, remember go, the moment? go for I, it. I remember the exact moment. Ben and I were cleaning Ben's kitchen and Rhythms by Sum 41 was playing because we had, we had discovered that day that we both, like All Killer No Filler was like in our top five albums ever. And I was like, oh my God, I love this album. And Ben was like, me too. And Rhythms was playing and Ben was like screaming along to it. And I was like we just gotta write a pop punk musical we gotta like it's like we had already ben and i had already like made this sort of like independent downtown uh musical before um the show that we wrote called the disembodied hand that fisted everyone to death the musical and after that we were like what's the next thing what's the next thing and i was like ben has this sound nailed down he could write some amazing songs for it i love the music i'm like so obsessed with the ethos and all the you know just dumb rebellious attitude at that time and i was like we got to do it yeah, it was like that was the seed of it, and then as it developed, we kind of realized like what else an idea like that had to offer. Like first off, just the um, ethos of pop punk and the whole culture of it is there's so much comedy there to be exploited. Like it's so silly and funny and fun and people, to mess around people with. Take it very seriously. And people take it so <laughs> seriously, and I totally get it. I did too. I do too. I do too. But it's like you know. It's just great to play with that, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And we um, from there we there we like did a run in like a very small theater festival, um, and then we did like a longer run at this uh, theater called the Pit Loft this right. last spring, and then we started this run in October, and it was supposed yeah. to go from like October to December, and then mm-hmm. we extended through February because people were loving it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And this is the run that Felicia is directing now, and this is the run that's like. It's a much, it's a level up for sure from the last one. We were doing it in like, you know, a very small improv comedy theater, no live music. It was all just backing tracks, like one microphone on a PA system. And um, this is like, a, you know, a real immersive experience with a band and you get to, I don't know, it's all there. It feels like a pop punk show. It feels like a show, but yeah. it's also a story. Yeah. yeah. I saw the one at the pit loft. Um, and I went with a bunch of friends, and as soon as the show finished, I was like, "Man, I wish Ben had asked me to direct that." And then, because like I felt, because you also had like handouts. What were those handouts you had the first show? 
Made handouts? Barrett they made made um photocopied some. flyers. It was like it, pop punk paraphernalia. Like it was like as if you were in a high school and you got oh, your yeah, schedule you pop punk <laughs> classes. Like okay, pizza eight a.m. Like nine a.m. Push moshing. Like yeah, yeah. it was really like, funny. Stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the whole show, like I was like, wow, this is like a lot of feelings I have not had in years, and that like angsty like angry but it's all in the sake for the sake of fun feeling and I was like man I want to be involved in this um and then you like called me on the phone and asked me to I didn't even I don't even think we had talked about it really mm. and you called me on the phone and we're like we're doing an extension do you want to direct it and I was like wow <laughs> <laughs> I was like let's do it <laughs> now we got all ages shows yeah yeah, yeah, very important. Huge. Um, I think you gotta wear a wristband. Yeah, but you know, it's uh, you know, we went on, we went, we've had, we have had people of all ages, indeed, and like, yeah, from, from people that were much, much older than our target audience, that I was blown away that they yeah. came, much less stayed stay through the whole thing and weren't offended. Yeah, and then we got people who are like young, like seemingly yeah. like late middle school, early high school. My my cousins, so the three girls yeah. in middle school, and they brought their whole like posse of middle school friends <laughs> and just like took up the entire back row uh, it was amazing it was like <laughs> this is the this is the demographic everyone wants to take marker and draw x's on their hands oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Sure. and yeah. all over your shoes exactly i also think it's funny the people that like i always sit by the door normally or, or the curtain as it is and like there's always like one old per, older person that like leaves yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because like and not only like because the show is pretty like um, raunchy, raunchy. Yeah, risque, but it's not like yeah. it's not like it's, sexual. It's just like kind of gross, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, it's but it's, it's really, really funny. Um, yeah. And it's sort of like that over the top humor that's like not super politically correct, but like it's because like that's what it was. And so like you guys like really playing with that and like going so over the top that it's like that. Then you like really understand how funny it is. But if you didn't experience it, I can understand how you're like, wow, this is like a lot of penis jokes. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I was wow, gonna wow, say. Wow. Like, I, I haven't seen the show myself, but from listening to all the music, definitely a fixation on dicks and the totally. size of them. Totally. Yes. Yeah. It's very important in the pop punk scene. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically in this show, because one of Derek's wish is, uh, wishes that he wishes for from Avril Lavigne, it starts off as an eight-foot penis, and then throughout the show, it progressively gets longer. So it's eventually <laughs> about 20 feet right. of penis that he's wishing for from Avril Lavigne yep. by the end of the show. Yeah. And will you see the penis during the show? Come to find out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So that that's you think chief among the things that drives out the olds, the the huge penis, the huge penis. <laughs> um, I think it's that. I mean, I think they're also just not used to like there. There's a level of you almost get like immune to the cursing pretty quickly because there is so much just like just like really flippant cursing. You know, like not like impactful, like oh you stupid whatever. Like it's like very off the cuff cursing. So if like, you're really opposed to people talking like that, I could see how it could be uncomfortable but right. it's it's really I, I would you would be hard-pressed to be like philosophically offended to be like <laughs> yeah. this is bad this is more wrong <laughs> yeah. you know it's just gross. yeah it's like there's really no like strong exactly know, controversial issues we're tackling <laughs> if anything it's a bunch of penis jokes as a thin facade over a very good message yeah i mean <laughs> the penis jokes are important because i think i mean without uh it reels you in and then it hits you hard yeah i mean i think i mean in it's a heart. big examination of derek's obsession with being you know, the big masculine dude on campus. That's like all it is. For sure. Let's drop in some music to show the people what we're talking about here. Absolutely. Especially with these penis jokes. Um, three Wishes. There's some some penis in that song. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Here's mm-hmm. Three Wishes. Yeah. But my life fucking sucks. 
What do I have to lose? Derek, three wishes can change your life. Be careful how you choose. Got it. Step one, to win Amanda's love, I'll need a magic skateboard. So I can double K and not leave Trey and prove I'm not a gay lord. Yeah, so with, with pop punk in high schools, such a strong theme tying those two things together, I feel like with with a lot of teen movies from the early 2000s, like the American Pie series and things like the Freaky Friday remix, a lot of pop punk soundtracks, motifs in these high school films from that era, were there any like cultural artifacts that you went back to to really get in the mood or for inspiration for this show? Tony Hawk's Pro Skater is like was like the number one that I was like go to that soundtrack because it was so killer. Yeah, and it was that, like absolutely. it was like you know diversified in terms of like all the bands you want to listen to. I remember going back to that mm-hmm. initially. I don't know what about you guys. Uh, in terms of like designing the show uh, with the people we worked with, uh, I sent out a lot of music videos uh, okay. from the era, and that really, I think, I mean, especially I mean, the Sum Forty One videos are like a lot exactly, of skating in those videos. Yeah, yeah. they're like, basically like like the Jackass. Yes, yeah. sets of music. Well, Jackass had music, but... Yeah, and like a lot of the pop-punk videos are all about like there is some sort of institution or hierarchy or something that's preventing you from having the best time of your life and you have to somehow destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so real. Like, every single video. Yeah. Um, and so like in that, in a lot of those images and also like every, there's like always a bunch of girls in red cheerleader outfits. I don't know why. With pom-poms. <laughs> With pom-poms. Which and we so incorporated into we the had show. To put that in the mm. show. Oh yeah. That, yeah. One of the most fun parts of um, just the process of getting the show together was like doing the costume designing and, and um, what was it called? Like dream boarding almost. Like all the different like artifacts from that time like the oh, yeah. the long tube socks with like the uh what is the name of those huge baggy shorts that ever all the pop- do they have a name d- d- <laughs> dickies board- oh, okay. oh. Yeah. i was gonna say board shorts yeah yeah, yeah, sa- yeah, yeah. same deal with like the ones that go all the way down your shins and like the you know obviously the long sleeve under the the short sleeve and then like the wristbands mm. and um, yeah and for this show we also were interested in um because with pop punk when you think about that, we're also thinking about emo. We're thinking about like seeing kids. We're thinking about like all those sort of groups of kids that all went to these like shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did try to incorporate a little bit of each of that into it. So we like have one guy that's in like a white button down shirt that's like drawn on with Sharpie and a tie and like. Um, some people with like a tutu. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're, it's a very inclusive show. Yeah. We're getting all these, the flavors. These of pop subgenres punk. were important. Like I remember like. Like a hardcore bro, you wouldn't want to call him like an emo kid. Oh my god! Right. Oh, you know? yeah. People are very, very offensive. Real. About it. Yeah. Or someone yeah. who was into like to metalcore, you wouldn't want to say that like, oh, they're into pop punk. Yeah. 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 And we get yes. that question. I get that question all the time that people are like, like, so is it like only pop punk, or is there like also emo in it, or is it like, <laughs> or like they want to like have it like so, you know, because because it was like a big, it was how you identified yeah. yourself then. It was like, don't call me that. Like I'm not that. And it's yeah. like. You know, now it's like we're not nearly so touchy because like you know, I'm not going to be offended if you call my show emo or something. But people like want to know. They're like, yeah. is it like exclusively pop punkers? Like, yeah. and there's definitely. I mean, like it's all branching off like the same. You know, major major branch it's of music. It's funny, I like feel old like. old interviews with um Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. People will be like, so people are calling your music style pop punk, and this was like when the term was just coming to, and he's like. There's no such thing as pop punk. Like it's only punk or you're not punk. And then of course, like everyone just like 
you know, submitted to the fact that pop punk was going to be the thing their music was called. And then the same thing with emo. Like, emo at first was like, every music's emotional. What do you mean I'm emo? And then it was like, oh, well, that's just that's just what we're called. Okay. Yeah. We're emo. Let's do it. You know. And now, finally, some artists I've noticed in recent years are coming around to at least allowing other people to call their projects emo. Whereas, like, around the time this musical was set, no one was like, no one even accepted that. Yeah, totally. It was like very derogatory. I remember it was, it was like, it was yeah. like what you like, he made fun of somebody. And like, that's oh, the that same thing we're yeah. talking about all this like, like masculine, whatever. Yeah, it's like yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. want to be considered emotional. Um, and so like you wanted to, it's like, it's about the anger. It's not about the like, my heart. Yeah. Um, I think emo is like a reaction to pop punk in some ways because of that, because pop punk is like, I don't feel anything. Like, yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. All I do is like hang out and smoke weed and like, I don't have feelings and cry about things. Right. And that was like a direct reaction. I feel like to be like, no, we do. We're so sad. Have y'all gotten any responses from people in bands from this show? Hmm. Not directly. I, yeah, not that I know of. Well, they're coming. I would say. I, I, I hope, hope so. I, I, yeah. Positive or went. negative, I think. <laughs> I think they're they're due to arrive. Yeah, I, I we I have joked several times with people about how my dream guest for the show is Brendan Urie, and I would be so he's thrilled. Around. He is. He was on he's, Broadway. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Exactly. He's in. He's in the area. You just gotta. You gotta comp with your name on it, Brendan. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> that would be crazy. Uh, and yeah. one free drink ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no more than that. Brendan. Sorry, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. trying to think like what other people from that scene have any sort of connection to the world of theater well it's, it's so question. very theatrical like, it's very theatrical I mean, <laughs> fat I, mike uh yeah. did write a musical <laughs> right I, well because people we were for we were billing ourselves and we still kind of bill our, ourselves as the first pop punk musical and some people get very offended by that True. because home street home <laughs> first first people are like well fat mike were one and then people are like no american idiot and i was like well Based on that interview, Ben, the same thing. I was like, Billy Joe doesn't call himself. <laughs> yeah, that's um, the punk music. And then, but and then yeah. also, I think it's more than that. Of like, of like, like. I call it like the first pop punk musical because it's like it's not just the music. It's not a musical with pop punk music in it. It's the whole ethos of it. You yeah. know, it's like yeah, like American Idiot does, does not have any of this sort of attitude or like of even though it has Green Day songs, but it doesn't have that sort of like flippant like you know screw my parents vibe to it whatsoever it's very serious um right. and our show less so i would say yes <laughs> yes plus no no one deserves to have no effects fans thrown on them no oh one God. no one needs that in their lives yeah they're people are 
people, the, a lot of the pop punk people who take it very seriously are, and with the no effects people lumped in there, are at times like, what the hell is this? When they see our ads on Facebook or something, they're like, oh, oh my god, pop you should have seen I mean, we had to delete some horrible things in the comment section. when we Yeah, like, tell we, me. Tell oh, me. I mean, when we first started doing the sponsored ads, and like we would target like people who like this band and that band, thinking like, oh, pop punk kids will like this, right? And I think it's proportional to how into hard or how into pop punk you are is like how much you really hate our hate our musical on the internet yeah (laughs) because it was like we'd get stuff like you know people don't people don't get why north korea wants to nuke us just look at this and they'd yeah. share our video. <laughs> you know, like, they would share our video. That's yeah, the best thing. Like, they like, would, that's fine with us. <laughs> you can say whatever you want if you want to share our video. Yeah, and it's, and it's only ever people on the internet. It's never anyone who's ever oh, seen yeah. a show. Because like once you see the show, you get the attitude of it. And it's like, we love it in equal parts that we're making fun of it. But I think... I think the hate on the internet comes from the fact that people are misunderstanding this as like people in the musical theater world capitalizing on this subgenre that like they think they can pull in tickets from that's not it at all like we literally put our own funding behind this our own like marketing like this is like the same exact thing a band does when they go out and like try to make their band work you know yeah yeah it's and it's and it's hard sometimes to get levels of that across when you're just throwing you know an a minute long trailer totally. for something just or building a Facebook page for something. And that combined with the attention spans and like the intellects of commenters on Facebook yeah. and you get that. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. totally. <laughs> let's let's drop in another song that captures some of this angst before Pop Punk got so mean. Now all he cares about is pizza and smoking weed. I miss the old days before pop punk got so mean. It feels like I'm the only one who hasn't lost my mind. I'm thinking of the way it was if I could turn back time. I'd stay forever, never leave those endless summer nights. I was 15 and life was a dream before pop punk got so yeah, so one of my favorite lines from the songs is in Pop Punk Fantasy, where you're going through all the perfect pop punk couples, and the last oh, yeah. one is a dude from a Warp Tour band and an underage teen. <laughs> so I'm so wondering, good. what was it like for you guys, like going back and thinking about these years and just grappling with how the attitudes towards women and girls in the scene was just not very good? Yeah, I mean, where did where did that sort of because it was like that was definitely not the original impulse behind the show. It was something that we discovered as we were doing it, as we were like going back and listening to things and like thinking about you know the female characters in the show. We were like, wow, they were not spoken of well by the men who were singing these songs mm-hmm. at all. Um, and, uh, and there's like in the same way, it's like there are some things about this like scene that we kind of need to reckon with if we're gonna make this in a way that everyone can laugh at and not feel like we're ignoring something like Mm -hmm. ignoring the guys on warp tour sleeping with underage teens and we actually had a lot of debate about that joke and we're like is that like gonna rub people the wrong way is it gonna think that like we're we're being flip about it or like we don't think it's serious Um, but that song you know people I think have understood that we're not pro (laughs) warp tour guys sleeping with underage teens or anything yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I think it was definitely a good idea to have that line in there because when I was listening to it for the first time, it made me think, "Oh, all right, these guys get it. Like they they're like on they're on the good side. Totally, they're they're addressing that through humor." Yeah, there's a line in the show too that usually is like consistently gets the most laughs, which is after Derek finds out Amanda Bunkface is entering Battle of the Bands with her own band, Death Pussy. And that totally fucks up his plan because he was about to impress the shit out of her with his band. So she walks away and Derek goes, oh, that was so weird. It was like, it was like she had a life outside of my wants and desires. <laughs> and people, yeah. people always love that. And people are like, <laughs> okay, we get what this show is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. And, and I think in just being funny and getting people to like laugh along with you in 2018, that's just the way to go, you know? It's, you know, it's cool you guys get that. Yeah, and I think like the cartoonish vibe of the play really helps. Like all the performances in the play are like insanely over the top. Like mm-hmm. what we have asked these poor actors to do <laughs> every Thursday night is like is pretty out of control. And I think because of those performances of this like very cartoonish thing, it's like it's like you can't watch it and not get it. Sure. I think, and I also I I just want to say like as a girl that I mean was going to Warp Tour and like into this music. Um, it's funny because like I hadn't really thought about Avril Lavigne in like a while <laughs> until I started working on the show, and like Avril Lavigne was actually really uh, a big influence for me. And I think part of it was that she like on all her videos, she's like running around with the boys and like wearing baggy jeans and like isn't concerned with being pretty and all these things. And like that sort of part of pop punk, uh, even though like yes, women totally underrepresented in the scene, um, was really helpful for me as like a young girl that was like oh. I don't have to like look like an Abercrombie girl. I can look like this and still like be cool. Does that make sense? For sure, yeah. Yeah. So that was helpful for me. <laughs> Go Avril. Yeah. <laughs> and you were saying you think you push some of the actors and actresses in this show out of their comfort zone, what they're normally used to? Uh, it's, the vocal effects for me is what always makes me laugh so much. It's just like it's like the you know yeah, hearing like truly great singers try to like put on the pop punk affect is so funny because I mean literally everyone in the cast is mind bogglingly talented. It's like insane. Like we got some seriously am- amazing people, but like yeah, them trying to do the pop punk voice is so funny. Like I'm trying to think of the vowels, it's like all right, like yeah. the, tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just like very, very nasal, and like yeah. they're like they're all like trained, so they know how to like sure. place it correctly. And we're like, no, but don't do it right. Like you know, yeah. like don't hurt your voice or anything, but it has to sound a lot worse than that. It's gonna, yeah, like, I mean, that's what we had to deal with a lot in auditions, where it was like, and we're uh, Patrick who plays Skeet during his audition. Like, he sang the song fine. And I was like, yeah, but, like, we need to see the stylistic thing of it. And, like, Ben and I were just like, it's like, I know, I can't. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like that thing. And, like, he got it immediately. And I was like, okay, great. And so, like, it's it's that kind of stuff that, like, is asking a performer to do something that's, like, a little bit different. Yeah. Um, And also because it's a little bit immersive. Like, for example, Amanda um, Centeno, who plays Tib, uh, Derek's, small little weird friend um i mean she goes down the eyes tonight and just screams in everyone's face it's just like sc- literally screaming at the top of her lungs because like the feeling of this like angsty it's like it's like you're so angsty and you're so excited about being alive that you might explode at any moment it's like that's the feeling <laughs> and so like they have to do that they have to do that for the audience and while doing it very close to them because it's not there's no like it's not like a stage and the audience is back here. Yeah. They're inside the audience. They're running around the tables. They're drinking people's drinks off their tables, which I guess I approve of. I don't know. 
Yeah, I kind of, my crowd in high school was kind of an overlap between scene kids and theater kids. So I totally get where you guys are coming Great, from. Yeah. yeah that sure. was me. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that's. I mean, it reminds me. Just there's so many people that have that voice. Like the story so far is the one I always think of, of like very, very theatrical voice. And there's another one of like, um, hey, I don't remember what it is. But there's 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 several guys who I think. Oh, uh, there's a guy who did Razia's Shadow. Oh, I was remember that? Dude, I was literally just thinking. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, the Forgive Durden. Yes, yes, Forgive Durden. Yes. Um, and they, but they're they're something about the music i think just makes people i mean the songs are already like so storytelly or like we're gonna get out of this town tonight me and you baby like you know just keep running don't look back it's like there's always like mm. it's, I mean, it's the same story of the music videos of like there's a thing keeping me from being like totally happy and free yeah. and a teenager and i gotta destroy the thing <laughs> and tonight yeah is our night yeah <laughs> um, and yeah. i think theater actually comes up a lot in like other pop like I, I think that's why I was really into pop punk because like when I watched music videos like ones from like My Chemical Romance or who's another one or or, or Panic at the Disco even like Super it is theatrical. theater yeah um it is and like the first I remember the first Panic at the Disco album I like listened to it so many times because the whole album like tells the story of someone's life basically um and I got that from like because like you know when you had CDs you listen to albums straight through which I never do anymore terribly. Um, but like all the music videos too, it's just like, I felt like I was watching like an opera or something on, on my, like on MTV. <laughs> yeah. Like pop punk and high school theater were two of the, of the actually accessible forms of music that were in the lives of just like common everyday kids this age. Completely. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you could like yell about stuff and it was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And because I, cause I, like I was saying, I roll with a lot of kids who are into these two worlds and they kind of gravitated towards the more like rock shows like Rent or something like that. Mm -hmm. But there weren't really any kind of shows, at least at that point, that leaned into any kind of alternative rock or punk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You had like Queen style and that was mm -hmm. as close as it got. Right. Yeah, I think that's definitely a development of... Of both just, like, the natural progression of these things, like, coming together, but also, like, people experiencing that when they were in high school and wanting things to, like, be pushed more. And you you mentioned Rent, and Adam Pascal, who was the original Roger in Rent, was discovered singing in a rock band and, like, on the Lower East Side. Mm -hmm. And he'd never done, like, you know, a Broadway show before or anything. Uh, so I think this is, like, you know, the completion of a trend that's been happening since at least, you know, the mid-'90s. Yeah. And also, like, in pop, pop music or pop popular music used to be like the things that people saw on Broadway was what they also listened to in their homes, you know, yeah. back in the day. And so like theater now is like, look at like Hamilton or anything like that. Like we are taking current music trends, like, and thankfully, cause like theater needed to like catch up to what was actually going on in the world. Um, it's catching up with the music trends too. And so like some of the music you can go see a show at on Broadway is relatable to a kid that's like listening to music that Billboard writes about um, monthly. You know what I mean? And we're sitting here in the Billboard archive room with every issue since the 1800s. Staring so at we us. have like those years when it was like, how much is that doggy in the window from Broadway that <laughs> yeah. was charting in like the 1930s on the yeah. Billboard charts yeah. when there was no difference between show tunes and pop tunes, basically. Exactly. It's all full circle. Full circle. <laughs> we're in the archives. Yeah. yeah. And we're sitting in a circle. <laughs> So going forward, you have shows through this month, February, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. we're we're in talks about another extension after this right now. We're not mm -hmm. sure. Um, seeing how much people love it, how much they want more of it. Um, 
But regardless of this, this is the end of this run or not. Papan Kai is definitely not dying. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah well, so we're t- we're doing rewrites as soon as this is done, and like we're planning on uh, preparing for the next step. Yeah, whatever that is. I think the. I th- correct me if I'm wrong but the Fader article was like saying like seeing it in a larger space mm-hmm. and I was just like I mean absolutely yeah. like the with, space a, with we- a full half pipe yeah, yeah exactly. trained pro BMXers yeah. and like oh, a yeah. space that the audience could like because the show's only like an hour mm-hmm. like if part of the audience could be like standing and be able to dance during the show like stuff like that's that gonna feel more cool. like a yeah, concert absolutely. yeah it's like ugh, it'd yeah. be so good have it a, like a show, a, a venue that puts on shows like that, like have it at like Mercury Lounge or something. Yeah, Maybe that's yeah. sort of what you're thinking. We were looking, we were in talks with Sunnyvale before this, mm-hmm. like other like you know Brooklyn Bushwick type warehousey spaces where we can have the space and have people on the floor rocking out. But it's yeah, it's just a question of thinking dramatically. Like, how does the show change when it's you when it's on a stage? It's definitely written in mind with the people are sitting, you know, and like just like a, the small difference of like people are standing the whole time changes like so many moments in the show and Does, just huh. yeah just like the amount of patience people have for certain things that's like, why Andy's on the team he is the brain no. <laughs> well it is, it's hard to get people to pay attention and yeah. it, it, especially I mean I've seen it work in theaters like I remember like Here Lies Love at the public like the audience was like standing and moving around throughout the show and like so it does work but it when people are standing there's sort of this thing of like you can talk to your friends yeah. which takes you away from what's theatrically going on and then you can like miss plot <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Which is not good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in, in in that sense, we would just have to rewrite the show. So if there's like an important plot point on this page, someone will say it three times, you know, like someone <laughs> yeah. will say exactly With a big what like you. Do. Exactly. And like, it'll be like, you got that so that you won't be, you know, lost for the rest of the show. Yeah. It's just little changes like that throughout. You would have to reconsider. But. Just make the show 20 minutes longer and... Make plot points develop much more slowly, much more repetition, (laughs) talking in circles. Have people shout at the audience for signs. (laughs) Get it. Understand what's going on. Especially because also whenever you add like drinking into a show, um, which is fun. Like I love having a drunk audience. There's nothing better. Um, But that also creates more of a a formula for maybe not listening. (laughs) Yeah. So you were touching a little bit on what's going forward. For what you can say now, tell the people dates of the show coming up, where they can see it, all those details. Yeah, we've got three Thursdays, well, including tonight, four Thursdays left. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's February 1st, and then we're going every Thursday until February 22nd. So that's the 8th, the 15th, and the 22nd. Yeah, at, the, at the Parkside Lounge, um, Lower East Side on Houston Street in New York. Um, Tickets are real cheap. $15. Oh yeah, fifteen bucks at the door. Drink minimum. Um, Everyone has a blast. Go to poppunkhigh.com for info and tickets. Yeah. yeah. And what about pushing forward? Is there anything else you want to share about just what your hopes are, what your goals are? Goals is sort of a fancy way to put it, but which is what where you're hoping to go with the show? Yeah, I mean, I've, we want to play Warp Tour. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's the last year, so yeah. yeah. I'm just gonna Jump go ahead and put that into the universe. Uh, we're we're trying to do it. that. A dream come true um yeah i feel like there's a couple options that we could do it's either oh, yeah there's yeah all of them all of them involve people with more money than us coming on board i think <laughs> all of them involve definitely someone who's uh who's a little older than us and has a couple more thousand who's ready to invest in us but um it's either like a bigger theater or we like really invest in this cast album and like we're like 
we're going to make the coolest cast album in the world. And like, again, rewriting it so that someone could listen to the cast album start to finish and understand the entire show. Things like that. Whatever you do, if the old bassist from the Ataris reaches out to you with offering money, don't listen to him. Wait, did you guys, did you guys hear there? about that? No. no. <laughs> he, was, he was arrested and is facing like 30 years in prison for this like elaborate phone extortion scheme. Wow. Like, Whoa. Like, <laughs> was that? Yeah, like it was, it, it had to do with like offering, um, like it was with real estate, like offering, I don't know anything about real estate, so I'm going to phrase this wrong, but like <laughs> offering people on the phone like homes that are like about to be foreclosed and offering them at like really cheap rates and then just sort of nickel and diming them for all these upfront expenses and getting money from them and then just eventually breaking ties with them and taking the money and running and he him and his wife did it for a while and finally they got caught and he's probably going to jail for a long time wow things must have not been going Great, the Atari's royalties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> well, he was like, I saw them do the like ten year reunion tour of So Long Astoria a couple years ago, and apparently he like rolled up to band practice in a Maserati, and <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how'd you do that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So don't listen to that guy. But I'm sure hit up, <laughs> yeah. hit up, hit up like Kevin Lyman tweeted him for sure. Yeah, yeah, Avril. Avril should find out about this. Absolutely. I don't, I don't, I wonder I don't know if Avril would be feel. freaked out. I was like, <laughs> if she is still alive, that is. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. If it's the true Avril, <laughs> we can know. Especially because there's literally in the show, and not all audience members like catch it, but I'm going to say it anyway. There's a broom literally with eyes on it that is like a broom wearing eyeliner that comes out during the show. And that's supposed to be like the new Avril Lavigne. And I just don't want her to be offended by that because I think she's so beautiful and wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really more playing on the audience's stupid of not realizing that yeah that yeah yeah <laughs> guys i think we should commit to being bad guys and making celebrity enemies i think yeah, we should just absolutely. commit to being like hey avril beef thrown down yeah <laughs> you want to sell the beef come to pop on guy <laughs> that's, uh, that's how you got to settle it. you got to come <laughs> let's drop in one more song to play us out what do you guys want to hear how about i don't give a fuck that's what i was thinking there it is thank you so much guys for coming on thank you so thank much you so much chris yeah. Thank you so much to those three for coming by. That was the afternoon before a show. So, you know, they were, they had a busy day ahead of them, I'm sure. They had like, uh, you know, mindsets, show mindsets, getting gear for, but very happy they came by. And I'm super psyched to see the show for the first time tonight. Uh, oh, I said at the top of the episode that I would tell you info on the bands that they have going on outside of Pop Punk High. Ben is the lead singer and songwriter of a alternative band as this is what he calls his projects on his site i'm just pulling the words from him of an alternative band called ambler that's a-m-b-l-e-r and of a skate punk band called kill your friends and felicia is the front woman of a band called qualm that's q-w-a-m all capital letters they have one more show of pop punk high coming up february 22nd at parkside lounge in new york but as you heard in the episode wouldn't be surprised if they have future shows coming up at bigger and better venues. So just 
Google their name, Pop Punk High. It's very easy to find where all their socials are, to find the details on the shows and all that good stuff. And if you liked this show, give us a star rating, write in some feedback. Just search for the podcast name. It's all one word, hashtag alternative facts. Find it on iTunes or just wherever you find find your podcasts. And you can find me at C-Pain on a plane on Twitter. Name is Chris Payne. You can search for it there, too. And uh, this is a weekly podcast. We normally run every Thursday, but like like seasons of most things do. Don't run every single week. So we're going to take a week off, take a breather next Thursday, and we will be back two Thursdays from now. So I'll see you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.